Hello, this won't take long. It's an episode of Just Bloody Bite Size, mini catch-ups from the Just Bloody Post-It podcast that I hope will introduce you to some of the great conversations we've had here that you may have missed. I'm Helen Perry, and this show is for people who want to do digital marketing well, which is very much part of the job for so many of us now, whatever we do or create. The pressure is on to have an online audience especially for writers and artists who can now struggle to get deals and sales without one. Best-selling, award-winning crime writer Claire McIntosh revealed just how much it's part of her job when she joined us in Series 3. Alongside writing books, she runs Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok accounts and a book club. And as a former police officer, she's forensic about it. And it works. I am incredibly ambitious, um, although I tend to use the word driven because actually it, I'm driven in everything that I do. I, you know, I want to do the best that I possibly can. And, um, I find with the word ambitious that there are rightly or wrongly connotations that that means we want to be better than other people. And actually that's not really what, what motivates me. Um, but, but yes, very, very driven, always have been in every job, in every area of, of my life. But in relation to publishing, because there's so much that is outside of your control. And I'm a, a big believer in, um, in working on spheres of influence. So you have the core things that you can directly influence and they have a knock on effect on the outer layers. But actually, you can't create a bestseller on your own. So my drive, my ambition was really confined to finding the best team, doing the best I could, creating the best platform that, that I can, giving it the best possible chance. And if I had a, a strategy, it was to for each book to sell more than the one before, to create a, a strong, solid foundation to build what I expected, what I hoped would be a a slow but steady long career in publishing. Going back to when your first novel was published, was the fact that you had a good social following, a good blog readership, was that influential in you being able to secure a book deal or were the two things not really connected? I think it very much helped because I was writing about parenting um and i um i was i was blogging about parenting so i had a, a sort of a relevant platform but actually by the time i came to write i let you go i i don't think it made a difference i think you know that was that was the book it's made a big difference since in terms of subsequent deals in terms of foreign um publishers coming on board and other opportunities and and now my my um author platform is a, a hugely important part of my business but no i i think it it shouldn't be seen as um a, a kind of a prerequisite um although that's slightly different for non-fiction authors so any sort of entrepreneurs who are thinking that actually they'd like to maybe create some passive income maybe create a, a book that really showcases their expertise that's very different because then people are publishers are looking for that credibility they're looking for that stock value that comes with having an audience that comes with having testimonials and you know creating some um some real evidence that you know what you're talking about 
you do have a fantastic social network uh, community. Let's take it apart. Can you tell me where your audience lives at the moment in 2022 online? I can. I divide my time between Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and TikTok. Now, the, I use them all in very different ways and always have done. And I'm quite evangelical about the fact that we should be using them in different ways. And I see this um, in the same way that I think about my friendship group. So occasionally I will do the same thing with all my friendship group. And, and that might be because we um, all go to a wedding or I have a massive Christmas party um, that they're all invited to. And then my friends are, are mixing and mingling. But actually, mostly I socialise with those groups of friends individually and I do different things. I go to the theatre with a certain group of friends and I go to the pub with another and I go for walks with the dogs with another and that's how I see social media. And if you see it like that, then it's really obvious that you're going to communicate with them in a slightly different way, quite possibly the same message, but in a different form of delivery. So that's where they live. And over the years, it's changed in terms of the, the balance. So Twitter was probably my primary platform, I would say seven, eight years ago. That's where I built community. That's where I built industry knowledge. And it's where a lot of writers live and feel comfortable on social, isn't it, on Twitter? And that's still the, the case. Yeah, I think it probably is. And I think that might have a, you know, something to do with the fact that it's obviously just word based. And um, there's a certain amount of um, skill, I think, in saying what you want to say in a small number of characters. And before Twitter increased its number of characters, that was really quite a challenge. Um, creating threads um, is, is something that's really popular with authors in particular who will craft a narrative that really mirrors the three-act structure of their novels. But they're telling a story perhaps about the research that went into their books or a, a you know, a character, um, pen picture. So Twitter is very popular with, with authors. Um, what I found though over the years is that it has very much become for me my industry place. So that is where I will share news and updates and I do, um, engage with readers and I'll respond to them, but I'm not looking for readers there. That's really where I'm connecting with other authors, with um, aspiring authors, with agents, editors. I'm seeing what's coming out. It, you know, it's keeping me abreast of the market. Facebook, which was relatively small for me um, 10 years ago, has become my most important platform. So interesting because so many people have, have written it off as being a uncool place to hang out. How do you, uh, how do you communicate with your people on Facebook? So groups are where it's at for me. Um, and I, you know, I think that's very common at the moment. Um, I don't think it's uncool. I think there is, um, actually to say it's un uncool and to write it off is to write off a huge number of people, particularly older people who actually are very comfortable on Facebook. And I'm not just talking women in their forties and fifties. I'm talking people in their sixties, their seventies, their eighties. 
Um, but also more and more younger people are having to use Facebook because businesses are using Facebook. A lot of places aren't, they, they don't have websites. They point people towards Facebook. Um, a lot of people my age, so in their forties are having to stay on Facebook, even if they don't want to, because their teenagers, uh, clubs are all organized on Facebook. You know, my, my kids school communicates by Facebook, much to my uh, annoyance. Um, so there are lots of reasons why people are on, are on Facebook. But the groups, you can't really, I mean, I use the groups for work. And if you want to bring a, a group of people together in a space where they can all contribute together, I haven't found a better place to do that than a Facebook group. Is that how you use it for your book club and things? Absolutely. So I had a Facebook page that was just running on its own and it's absolutely fine. And I continue to, to use it a lot. But then I set up a Facebook group to run my book club and that works in tandem with my mailing list. And if I could only, if I had to walk away with only one strand of my business strategy, it would be my mailing list. You're preaching to the converted. I really want to talk, I really want to talk to you about your book club, which is kind of, I had it down for later in the conversation, but let's just go there right now. So I was on your website this morning doing my pre-interview research and I was like, oh, Claire runs a book club. And that's how she gets people to opt into her email mailing list. It's a fantastic lead magnet and also community builder. You're allowing people to join you uh, and be part of something which is such a lovely next step and something that might not seem obvious for a lot of creators that you could do that that you could create a club and invite people to be part of it when did you start that well so my mailing list I've run from the outset you know for several years it had about four people and my mum on it um I converted my mailing list to a book club about four years ago because more and more authors were setting up newsletters. Um, a lot of them followed a similar format to, to the one that my, um, my newsletter had. And I just felt I wasn't offering anything different. And I am very, very brutal with my own signups in my mailing list. I will unsubscribe at the drop of a hat if something doesn't hold my interest. I subscribe to very, very few newsletters and I, I have a very, very kind of uh, high bar when it comes to uh, quality. You know, I, I want something useful, entertaining, interesting. Um, and I just didn't feel I was offering that. Um, so I switched the mindset around um, because what you have to remember for an author is that someone like me who's traditionally published, I publish one book a year. And I'll have some events in between, but you can't, I don't think you can sustain uh, a year round newsletter on one product launch a year. Um, so I switched around, I turned it into a book club, I kept everyone that I had, but I then started marketing specifically to people who wanted to read along with me. And so what we do is we, is I, I choose a book every month. It's entirely optional, um, but if you want to read along, I'll, uh, I work with independent bookshops, um, who will offer a small discount, but it's very much a kind of a feel good thing. If you buy this book from an independent trader, you're doing a great thing. Um, and then we talk about it. So everyone has a month to read and then, um, uh, we have set questions and discussions towards the end of that period. Um, and of course, what it gives me is, um, the opportunity to really get to know what readers want. So I'm really analysing my market in an enjoyable, natural, fun way. 
It also, from a commercial point of view, is the perfect platform to then use my own book. So when my latest book, um, Hostage, which is a thriller, came out, I had it as my book club pick. And I'm not embarrassed to do that because for 11 months of the year, I'm showcasing other people's books. And so actually it's okay to say, right, do you know what, guys? I've got a book out now, so let's talk about this. Always feel good about talking about your thing. People can sense it a mile off if you're unsure. We learn from Claire to think about who you're talking to on each platform you're on, just like we do in real life. Who's the gang? What are they interested in? Don't forget about Facebook. You can use it to gather people. The groups or communities, as they're now called, are where it's at. And could you start a club? I love this idea. I'll link to the longer conversation with Claire in the show notes. And hey, share this with a friend who you think would be inspired by her business-like approach to platforms and content. We'll be back soon. Bye for now.